PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. What is up, everyone? It's me, Chris Crespo. I'm chilling in the Crespo So studio. It is the very beginning of October, which means here is your best of for September. September 2022. We did four episodes uh, for the month of September, four main shows where we did reviews and movie news and emails and things like that. And you can hear that all in full at patreon.com slash So Sign up today. Anywhere from $1 to $5 a month gets you access to everything. New shows as they come out, plus all the back episodes. Now, you're going to hear us doing reviews uh, from the last four weeks of all the new movies coming out. Pretty much spoiler-free reviews. If you want to hear us talk about all the other good stuff, again, sign up today and hear all the free, full stuff. It's not free. You got to pay for it. There's also our bonus episodes coming out every Friday. Since it's October, we're going extra spooky, extra spooky with these episodes. We just put out one on Akira to get us warmed up. Then we're going to jump into Battle Royale and then Videodrome. We have a David Bowie vampire movie called The Hunger. And of course, the mid 80s zombie classic Return of the Living Dead. Want to hear us talk about all that stuff? Sign up. Patreon.com slash So. Now here's your best of for the month, you cheapos. I went to the theater yesterday. And? And I saw Jaws 3D. Okay. I know. And? Good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Jaws. Exactly. So. It's Jaws. And and specifically, I'm not talking about Jaws 3D, which is the third movie. Jaws in 3D. It was the original Jaws at the retro. Uh, 3D. Yes. Is it the new, the new digital 3D or is it the old school red and blue lenses? <laughs> no, it's a new one. It's the gray lenses. Not the, that'd be so funny if they gave me red and blue. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, what is what in the lenticular bullshit is this? Um, no, it's a, it's a gray one, and uh, you know it's only playing a couple times. I just had to like the opportunity. It's like oh shit, it's playing. Like I, 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 I got some I, time. I can do this. I think I can yeah. do this. So I went and did it. Um, very empty theater. Only a couple people in there, but it was. Uh, I think it was a good move because like, I think the three D makes you like sort of watch scenes and shots in a different way. It, it makes yeah. you notice things more. Even Brody just driving in his jeep from his house into town uh, takes on a whole new like. Oh wow, look at look at that car going over. Like this looks pretty mm-hmm. good, you know. And uh, there's a shot at the end where, uh, like, the shark comes in through the side of Quint's boat and smashes into a window trying to eat Brody. And it's like it comes, like, really close to the camera. 
and uh, like they really dialed in scene by scene the 3D in such a way that some of those shots like really pop out really well I mean like literally pop out of screen but also like in the movie itself like certain things just like wow that really stands out as um, a fantastic shot and then just the 3D like kind of emphasize it in a cool Mm -hmm. way it was good all the beach stuff um often you just like feel like you're in the water with them or you get a better sense of the size of the shark when you're on the boat um uh, even like in the beginning when they're at the they're doing their campfire thing where the girl runs away and she goes into the water mm-hmm. horrifying it seems every time i watch it, that scene <laughs> horrifies me the um there's like the cameras above them on the hill looking down and the people are down there and the credits are sort of like playing out over it and the guy walks over to the girl and starts talking to her. Like, you really do watch and you can feel, get a sense of, like, you're standing on a hill looking yeah. down at these people down there. I suppose it's just a shot, a flat shot. Mm-hmm. So it feels, it's interesting. It's pretty interesting how well it works. So, um, I gotta say, it's like, it was, I'm glad I went and saw it. And then the last time I saw Jaws on a big screen was for the um, the 30th, the 40th anniversary screening, which was 2015. No. So, it's been... It's been a minute. No. Yeah, so it was worth it. And also, 3D trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween weekend, they are showing... You may even remember this from... Because I, I know we saw this commercial or this trailer before. Uh, Dawn of the Dead in 3D. Yeah. Yes, okay, so I saw the trailer in 3D. There's a shot where the, the elevator doors open and the zombies <laughs> they come out, like, coming at you through the doors. Uh, it was good. I was like, look at that. <laughs> this looks good. Yeah. I think I may go. I think I may do this. Um, They show a trailer for that. Mm -hmm. And they showed a trailer for uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's the same trailer. Yeah, but in the third dimension. In the third dimension. And man, like that movie looks incredible. I'm sure. It looks so, like, visually it looks so good. And then the 3D really popped on it. Um, I I don't think it's one I'm going to go see in 3D, but still. And then I was a little disappointed. Then I didn't get the Avatar trailer. Like, how am I going to be a 3D <laughs> movie? You're not going to throw Avatar in front of it. Nope, that, it's that, not ready. That's crazy. Um, no, it is ready because I heard someone talking about seeing a movie in 3D. And saw the 3D trailer and, for Avatar. And they, and they said that was the best part of seeing the movie was yeah. seeing the Avatar 3D trailer. Um, Jaws 3D is cool, man, and I want to see. Seeing the 3D trailers is also like, this is a fun bonus. Cool. This is, this is great. This is fun. They should do more... There are doing more re-releases. There's no product out there. There's no. a lot of movies, but uh, I think also the thing is too. Spielberg was like involved in the post conversion. Like he was there in the room, helping them like dial it in as much as possible. So I think that's a big benefit yeah. as well. Well, definitely. Um, but they should do more. Like do more re-releases, 3D re-releases. I enjoyed it. I had a, a thoroughly good time watching this movie that I've seen oh, man so many times, dozens of times from start to finish, dozens of times. But I, I love it. I mean, it's the greatest. Is it the greatest movie ever made? It may be the greatest movie ever made. Hard to think of a movie that's better. Um, other than that, it was all it's all TV stuff. Now this is some expensive ass TV stuff. <laughs> I saw the episodes one and two of Lord of the Rings: Colon Rings of Power. Okay, that's a lot of rings. How, how are the colon rings? Them colon rings are tight. <laughs> is that how rings work? I guess. They're maybe. loose. <laughs> They're, I don't know. Whichever one's better. <laughs> it's a colon ring. How does that? Is that a colon <laughs> ring? Um, it's expensive, man. Okay. It's expensive, and um, there's a lot of characters. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, there's uh, big locations, big sets, hobbits. Makeup, it's cool. It's all there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all. 
I don't, I don't know what's going on. I ain't, I ain't got, I don't, <laughs> you, I don't you ain't got time for that shit. I don't understand a lick of what's <laughs> going on, man. Someone's Galadriel's looking for Sauron. I mean, you are on the world. He, that's going to end up anyway. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, I Th- think this is the prequel. It's a prequel. Someone opened a box and it was glowing. They got Marcellus Suarez's soul in there. It might be a ring. might be a colon ring. I don't know. I guess we're going to be gathering the colon rings. Yeah. It's like the Jet Infinity Stones. Yeah. So they're, gonna be, they're, they're looking for the Infinity Stones, I guess. <laughs> To fight Sauron. The Tolkienites are going to be so angry with you. Fuck them. <laughs> just so boring. I found it weirdly boring. Uh, maybe I'll end up liking it over time. No. Know, it's fine. It's hard not to watch it and watch House of the Dragon at the exact same time and not compare <laughs> the two. Well, yeah. And be like, you know, the derivative George R. R. Martin stuff is more entertaining right now. Oh, interesting. The 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 inspired by Tolkien as opposed to just the straight Tolkien. Straight Tolkien. The inspired by Tolkien is more distilled. It's a simpler story. It's easier. They got to the meat of it by the end of the first episode. The second episode added a lot of stakes. And it's like, oh shit, this is getting crazy. Like right away, I'm pretty invested. I don't give a shit about the goddamn Targaryen. The Targaryen. <laughs> I don't care about the fucking Targaryens. Um, but they got me. They, I'm getting sucked into the show after only a couple episodes. I guess I gotta start watching. It's pretty fucking. Why, good, I mean, I've, I've been on the fence about even watching it because you know Game of Thrones puts a bad taste in your I mouth. I know because it ended. It ended <laughs> poorly. But it's was like it's like going back to some good stuff. Okay. And there's uh, you know Game of Thrones people involved. That's not Benioff and Vice. There there's uh, some shakeups. We can talk about that more in the news section. Um, this is more just about the creativeness of it. I, I think it's just like after a couple episodes, like I fully get the stakes. I understand the world. Um. And it is sort of like relearning stuff because it is a prequel to Game yeah. of Thrones. So it's like, well, here's how things are now. It's yeah. different than how they're going to be in 100 years or whatever. Um, the same with the the Rings of Power. I, I guess it's just because there's more characters. Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty sprawling already for, I mean, for only a, two episodes. There's a lot of lore and Tolkien shit. It's a ton of it. So I think it's just going to take a number of episodes at like over an hour each for us to start wading through all this stuff and making all the connections and bringing everything together. Um, it's Tolkien. It's Tolkien. It's expensive. Everyone making it seems to like love it and appreciate it and they want to do the best they can. It feels like, you know, uh, who's his name? It feels like Peter Jackson, Hobbits and stuff, mm-hmm. but, you know, through a new lens, new creative lens, so things are a little different. Uh, but even like the font, the Lord of the Rings font, like it looks just like the mm-hmm. goddamn uh, uh, Peter, Peter Jackson stuff. Well, he set a fucking standard. Dude. He's a goddamn great standard. <laughs> Shit, are you kidding me? Even the Hobbit wasn't as good as his own. No, goddamn. he couldn't even do it. Mm. Mm. That's good. Mm. Thirsty. I did a big dab for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like an hour ago. <laughs> Shit, still got the cotton mouth. Fuck, man. Woo. Um, so we're gonna, I mean, say like, if you're gonna be watching, watch it. If you're gonna watch it, watch it. It's because it's it's gonna be worth it to one degree or another. No. If you're into fantasy, you're gonna be getting what you want from all this stuff, and you're getting two flavors of it too. I did notice that uh, it does seem to be, I guess, because it's Amazon, more uh, uh, more R rated. Okay, I'm sure as R rated as like Peter Jackson would have liked to have gotten, mm-hmm. right? But New Lines, like, yeah. no, these things have to make money. PG thirteen, you can't get that. Even Vines Against Monsters, yeah. you got to be careful. And this one, there's at least one one where they fight a some sort of troll, and the way Galadriel takes him out, like through the head and the chopping and the blood. Like, oh, I, <laughs> I, 
I was not expecting this from a Tolkien, okay. from, a, from a JRR. This is a little more violent and hefty than I was expecting. Makes me want to watch it more. Happens a couple of times. I was like, whoa, that's violent. Um, yeah, like one like demon orc. I think it's an orc because they look a little different, obviously. Um, straight up like a lady like drops its head on the table like, and there's a gross looking like head on them. That's always fun. Yeah. Whenever someone like, has a head. Drops a head. For, yep. for evidence of kill. Monster head. Yeah, that's always very, very satisfying. Um... So, yeah, it, go, it goes a little harder than I expected, uh, which is cool. Got to compete with that Game of Thrones, bro. Yes. Yeah, yes. Got to com- compete with titties and dragons. You got to compete. And if you're not going to do titties and dragons, you're going to have to be cutting off orc heads. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And the most expensive, one of the most expensive shows ever. Um, I think the first season cost them, uh, if it's 10 episodes, cost them $420 million to make. Like an average, like forty million dollars an episode. I mean, the, the the latest Stranger Things was like thirty million an episode. I, I Bezos has got bucks to burn, bro. They got they got money to burn. Um, that's man, that's a lot of money. Forty million dollars for for an hour of TV. Shit, we're get we're getting to like feature film. Those yeah. are feature film production costs easily. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, which I'm not complaining. You don't used to watch it. And then on top of that, four twenty, they had to spend two. I just just read about this. They had to spend. Two hundred and fifty million just to get the rights to do the to the material to do the show. Yeah. Uh, so that's two fifteen million po- in the pocket of the Tolkien estate. Uh, there's got to be more tokens of life, and uh, and then another four twenty on top of that just to make. Now obviously they get like that's like production costs, yeah. tax write offs, mm-hmm. and then they make money back in partnerships, marketing partnerships. You know, Galadriel's like drinking the sprite in one yeah. scene and all that. Exactly. So. That'd be, that'd be so fucking funny. <laughs> they, they walk in and there's a fucking Coke machine right there. The Coke machine. <laughs> the Nelf is like hammering. Like, come on, this thing is always okay. There we go. I, got, I have to have my Coke Zero. <laughs> Galadriel, you know what? I have my Coke Zero. <laughs> and not, that, not quite that dystopian. We're almost there. We're getting there very soon. Um, so Rings of Power is good. House of the Dragon's cool because... Um, House of the Dragon's still... It's Game of Thrones. It, it feels like it's going places where... These type of medieval style shit always avoids. In this case, it's like child brides. Yeah, you know that, uh-huh. that becomes a heavy part of the plot. Yeah, well, I mean, it happened. Yes, I mean they were. It's very like on average, especially like noble girls. Yes, back in the day, were married at, in between the ages of twelve and fourteen. And sometimes it was like, well, is she right? I mean. She's like, give her a couple years. Just marry her now. Wait a couple years. You know, she'll let you know when she's, quote, ready. Yeah. You know, it's our bearing children. But it's solely, like, about the politics of it. This is what it looks for our houses to come together. It shows strength. It's very much talking about the politics of all that. Yeah. Um, and child brides, lots of incest, too. Don't forget about that. Don't forget about the incest. Incest is big. Obviously, with Targaryen's house, you're going to have that here. There's got to be incest involved. Um, and then what happens at the end of the episode is like, whoa, that's a, 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 a spicy. Well, <laughs> oh man, it's good. It's fun. Um, oh, and they debuted the um, with the second episode because um, the show just starts in the first episode. They debuted the title sequence. Okay. The house, Game yeah. of Thrones style, like the theme song and the, the CG. It's like you're following, I think, blood through uh, like all these chasms. It's like a symbol or something. Oh, yeah. We we've watched this for years now. I get we get it. We, cool. we understand. Yeah. We get it. I managed to decline. And which 
you know. Mm. Every once in a while, you gotta decline, <laughs> you man. You do. <laughs> you just gotta Sometimes be like, you know you what? No. You know what? Say, Fuck it. I, I don't. I want to sit on my couch and do nothing yes. as opposed to go see a movie. Yeah, I'll, like I'll watch this on Shutter in forty-five days or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I will. Uh, worth it. It'll be worth to watch that home for sure. It's worth it watching it. No, I knew nothing. I knew what yeah. it was when I when I. They're talking about a movie, Barbarian, guys. <clears throat> I should have... Man, I wanted to watch the trailer, and I forgot to. To see how they sold it, there was a decent amount of people in that theater, Drew. Okay. So, surprise, for a 1.50 p.m. matinee yeah. on a Saturday, these... I was, some weird little horror movie that nobody's supposed to know about. That Yeah, that I had no idea existed until the Thursday when I looked at what's playing in theaters this weekend, Barbarian. <laughs> and all I knew was that it was a lady who checks into an Airbnb that's been double booked. She's in town for a job interview and uh, she just ends up having to stay the night and then things go awry. Things go bad. And then I looked at the Rotten Tomato scores real quick and it was pretty high. I was like, oh, people like this thing. Why? What's going on here? So I had to go see for myself. Um, and? Okay, so I, it's like I'm, I'm been thinking for like the last day how do i want to tell you about it? what do i want to tell you Drew? without ruining it yes okay uh generally speaking this movie it's uh the, it is that selling that that's the first act okay. what i just described yeah. it's all there she checks into this house it's this neighborhood when she checks in at night she, it, i guess like there's a power outage on it. she can't see the neighborhood around she doesn't know where she's at it's detroit put two and two together yeah right and uh bill skarsgård is the guy who's staying there already and and they have they booked at the same time, so it's all like he's trying to convince her. No, look, there's a, a con- convention in town. There's no rooms available. She like makes a very pathetic attempt to find. Like she calls uh-huh. one place. You got rooms? No. no. Oh, okay. I guess there's nowhere else to stay. Exactly. Uh, anywhere. This movie is predicated on, on characters doing very dumb movie things like that, mm-hmm. where it's like uh, not not checking far enough. But then they also in other ways do like take this step that a real person would do, but like. Like, oh, I have a reservation. Do you have a reservation? Are the phone numbers? Okay, well, yeah, they really fucked up and just, like, double booked it. You know, it's interesting. Anyway. The, uh, the second act takes a turn. That the, There's a big reveal, right, where it's like, holy shit. And then that, re- it, it, and then a reveal ends with, like, a, uh, kind of a twist sort mm-hmm. of thing. More like a shock. I don't know. And then for like 45 minutes, because I had to check my phone. It's like, what the, what's happening? I checked my phone 45 minutes into the movie. Then it becomes another movie. Okay. Real quick about uh, uh, Justin Long's character. Also, he, he pops up. He just up. shows up. He, now he's <laughs> in this movie playing an asshole, playing a real dickhead. Perfect casting. He's he's actually pretty good in this. And um, and then it, he, it takes a minute, but then he ties into the first story. And then, and then shit gets crazy. Like, you and know, then shit gets crazy. And, and I mean, <laughs> shit got wild and then it got crazy. <laughs> Did it, were there any kids involved? No. Are there? So it couldn't be wild and crazy kids? Well, yeah, no. Actually, wild and crazy babies. Maybe. <laughs> um, the. Uh, the the third part the the third the, the the second half movie the third part of this movie I don't know I would say the second half of this movie is like an hour and forty minutes uh, it, when it does take that turn it it, it goes and it takes a hard right down this road it's like oh what's this road what is this a big old, is this camp is this a camp it go <laughs> it's so over the top that it, there were moments where I had to laugh there were people in the, like I said there was people in the theater you could hear them be like oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> this is where we're going yeah some people are laughing some people are like I can't believe. like you could tell everyone was like shocked no one knew where this was going and it was shocking and it's um 
well done. The thing is that it's all well done. Mm. It, uh, even when the character is making a dumb, you know, there's like, say there's like a dark room with no light in it. She even, you know, even stands there like, nope, I'm not doing that. But then eventually she's like, oh, God okay. damn it. And then, and, and then you're in the audience yeah. being like, of course this character's going to make this dumb move instead of like going and getting help. Like, no, I'm going to go do it. My thing. No, no. So there's a lot of dread, a lot of well done tension and atmosphere, a couple of unnecessary, like, jump scares like Meh, you know mm-hmm. not needed uh because it's it's a it's a good movie i enjoyed it i enjoyed it quite a bit it's uh and then thematically it it tries to do it's very surface level because you know it's a girl checking into the place and the guys are already there it's very much like male privilege you know like um you know being a woman in today's world etc cetera, et cetera, a lot of that stuff believing women is a big thing uh that pops up throughout the movie and uh, but it, it doesn't like get too deep or too profound about it. No, no. We ain't talking about no Jordan Peele shit here. It's this guy, it's this person's first movie. Yeah. Apparently, good for first movie. There we go, man. Zach Greger or some shit like that. I'm interested. I'm interested. And Barbarian is a good. I, I like any title that's like Barbarian. I like Barbarian. <laughs> Possessor, that's a good title. Yeah, well, I mean, as long as it ties into the actual movie, when it works, when the, when, it, when the movie pays off. Yeah. D- Destroyer, that was, that's, yeah. a, that's a good title for uh-huh. a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I like something hard and fast in your face. Uh, Barbarians, good. It's very, very like. <laughs> there is shit that happens in that man that it's like oh oh wow <laughs> it's this movie no idea it's gonna be this kind of movie. Because I literally knew so little. Just the description and the poster. Poster tells you nothing. Um, it's you'll be you'll be tripped out when you see it. I'm not gonna say much. You'll be tripped out when shit happens. Uh, and you know you know what else was equally horrifying? I watched Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. I wa- I watched the Pinocchio trailer and was like, you know what? Hard pass. I should have watched that trailer. Maybe I would have watched it anyway. It's a Robert Zemeckis. I get. I know. I, I right? understand. Right. Robert Zemeckis, I know. Tom Hanks, Ugh. like the cast, the voice cast for the animated characters is pretty fucking spot on. Although Keegan Michael Key is fantastic wh- as Honest John. Wh- why is Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing Jiminy Cricket? T- terrible I choice. Do not know. Terrible choice. <laughs> With, within the first two minutes of the movie, I was like, who, the, who, who is this voice? It's annoying. He's bad. I don't like this. And oh. I think it's JGL. Mm-hmm. JGL's Cricket. And then I started listening. I was like, it's such a, he's just like <laughs> pitching his voice up a bit and doing some sort of an accent. Awful. Awful casting. Yeah, uh, it didn't look. It didn't. I a it didn't look good. And mm-hmm. B for twenty twenty two, I I knew it wasn't gonna go to the places I wanted it to from the original. Yeah, dude. I, so I, disappointing. No, so <laughs> disappointing. What they change, what they take out, what they alter. The ending is different. I'm just gonna. I'll be ready. I'll be here up front with you. Ready for yeah. this? I I was ready for a good cry. I needed. I needed. <laughs> I needed a good. I need a good cry these days. I was uh-huh. like Pinocchio. It's a classic. I know how it ends. Yeah. I I need my. Uh, I'll just see what happens. I need my uh, my my puppet. I need Pinocchio to die, saving Japan. Oh my god! And then Blue Fair shows up. Like, yeah. Bing! Oh, real you, bro- boy. you proved it, real boy. He's a real boy. I was like, I'm so ready for this cry. <laughs> I'm going to give myself over to it. All right, I'm going to tell you. Spoiler alert, I guess. You shouldn't be. You should be happy, everyone, that I'm telling you what happens. The uh, Monstro, a Cthulhu Monstro with tentacles. Okay. Well, that sounds cool. Interesting choice. Yeah, I was like, all right. <laughs> it's on top of the water. I was like, okay, this is fucking weird. Um, the 
it's, it's Pinocchio saves everyone. He gets to the to the cave, and then it's like the water recedes, and Pinocchio's like laid out. He's floating, and then he pops up. He's like, "Oh, what the hell?" And Geppetto's laid out, and he's like, "Oh shit, Geppetto!" And he runs over to Geppetto, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sad about Geppetto." And then uh, Geppetto coughs up the water eventually, but it's like blue fairy dust because the blue fairy does the opening that one scene never seen from again okay best part of the movie is cynthia erva never seen from again and then this is the worst i'm so mad this is the worst there's a comment um they get up like oh they got here happy and then there's like a light at the end of the tunnel Pinocchio's like, let's go this way and they go off hand in hand and jiminy cricket's like uh well did pinocchio become a real boy i don't know some say it did some say it didn't and then pinocchio as he's walking away sort of becomes like a realish cartoon boy and then but it's off in the distance and it turns into a f- storybook and it's like see maybe you know it's not if he it doesn't matter if he became real or not blah blah, blah. they're just together and they're happy and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> you, you took away my catharsis no why would you do this so so i was upset why? because it's it's been reimagined and retold by a different person. Yeah, sure, and I didn't like it. Uh, it felt it felt befuddling to to take something that was so teed off to just be like, you're gonna set up payoff. It's like a good a good easy joke. Well, and the, and the only and, reason and why up. the whole like I want to be a real boy thing works is because at the end he becomes a real boy. Yes. If if he doesn't become a real boy at the end, then what's the point of him wanting to be a real boy to begin with? And it's almost like he barely talks about it. It's weird. It's like Pinocchio's almost not a character in this thing. It's really strange. Movie's twenty five minutes longer, thirty minutes longer than the original, but it's weirdly like he's flattened. I don't know. It's weird. They had more scenes, just more four, four count them one two four more new songs that they wrote for this fucking movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I can only get like fifteen seconds of Cynthia Erivo doing "Wish Upon a Star." I mean, I just want to see people getting drunk and turning into donkeys. So there's drinking. It looks like butterbeer. But they are drinking. Smoking. Not smoking. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, man. You should be showing them that smoking's bad. That's the point of it. The yeah. whole point is that you show them <laughs> the smoking's whole, the whole bad. Point. Do it. Everything that these people are doing here is, is not good yeah, for they're you. They're like, we can't show kids smoking. Like, that's but that's the, the point. <laughs> you people smoking. Anyway. Show them vaping. <laughs> show, yeah, show them sure. vaping. Yeah. Who gives a shit? The uh, hookahs, the um, uh, the, oh my god, what did they add? They 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 go to Pleasure Island. Luke Evans is the the coachman taking them there. He he's great in it. Tom Hanks is whatever. He's like whisper acting the whole time. The um, uh, whoever Stromboli is, he's having a big old Stromboli time. They added a character who's like Stromboli, a, a girl who's who's operating a puppet. That's a it, I don't know if the girl herself. She's like sort of Mediterranean. I don't know maybe. But the puppet itself is like a black puppet, a black girl, and it, and it felt like, uh, oh, we need, a, we need a black girl somewhere. Like, it, <laughs> there needs to be a darker wooded puppet on screen. <laughs> like, this, thing, this thing is too white. We have to do something. And she comes back around later at the end. Oh, my goodness. It's too white. I mean, like, it's supposed to be Italian. It's Italian, actually, yeah. Show, <laughs> so, make, it, make everyone look like Stromboli, man. It's supposed to be everyone's, uh, it's hot out there and sunny. Sardinia. Anyway, the, uh, the 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 Pleasure Island. They finally go there, and what well, contempt corner they pass by, and it's all these kids with uh, like it's supposed to be like social media. It's all these kids with ways to amplify. Like they can have a placard with a message on it, and then they, if they hold it on there, like I guess a magnifying glass, it blows it up so everyone can see it. And it's all like, I hate you. You're bad. Blah blah. blah like making fun oh, of oh, each oh. other. Um, and the kids running around doing that contempt corner. That's what makes them jack. <laughs> Congratulations, Hollywood! You solved it. 
you, old, you bunch of old fucks, dumb fucking idiots. I hated this movie. I ended up. I went into it wanting to I'm, like it. I'm. I'm. I, I ended up hating it. I am surprised at the pushback on all of these Disney remakes. I saw, but then again, it, this might just be a case of us being old. Like, did the kids? Do the kids like this movie? Yeah, that's the thing. Because if the kids like this movie, then yeah. guess what? It's their Pinocchio. It is. It, this movie is for kids. And if so, kids like it, then fucking who gives a shit? Yeah. If it gets them interested in checking out the 1944 one. 1944? I mean, oh, they're going to be real freaked out by that. Well, awesome. Because <laughs> maybe they wouldn't have watched it before. Yeah. But, but, you know, it, it could be a gateway drug to better Pinocchio. <laughs> Uh, we got the Guillermo del Toro one coming in December on Netflix. I mean, that one looks fucking. I mean, that one will probably be way darker. It's gonna be a del. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a del Toro joint, right? It's I all, mean, some might be for kids, but it's gonna be way darker. It's all stop motion, brown. Uh, Ewan McGregor as Jiminy Cricket, or not Jiminy? Is he like JP Cricket Still. or something like that? That's awesome. Fucking Obi Wan's out there. Yeah. He's like, I'm looking for Pinocchio. <laughs> um. That'd be funny if he just says Alec Guinness voice. The, uh, uh, yeah, so Pinocchio bad. Barbarian good. Pinocchio bad. That's the I mean, moral I, story. Yeah. I mean, I saw, <laughs> I saw the Pinocchio trailer and I was like, I was like, oh, Tom Hanks and Geppetto. This not, is yeah. going to be a bad movie. That did not lie to you. Sad to see the, the fall of Robert Zemeckis, the former whiz kid of Back to the Future. And, I mean, at a, and, at, and, uh, at a certain point in time, you just don't make the right choices. His choice, those not right choices included, um, the, the, I guess when I started doing all the motion capture stuff, right? The one with the Hanks with the, with the train, the Christmas train. Never saw it. Polar Express. Oh, thank you. Never saw it. Man, that was going to take me forever to pull. Thank you. Polar Express. Um, I've only seen parts of it. It's, it's horrifying. Their faces, the dead <laughs> eyes. It's horrifying. Do not watch it. Uh, what's the other one he did with, with Jim Carrey? Scrooge. Christmas Carol. He did a, that where, for some reason, it just takes the life out of the story. I don't think I ever watched that. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. The best parts of Jim is Jim Carrey uh, hamming it up because he plays like eight roles in it or whatever. <clears throat> the uh, the Muppets remains the best version of Christmas Carol. Uh, hands down. And then, uh, I mean, I, I only saw it the one time. I kind of like that Allied movie. Remember that one, the Brad Pitt? I never saw that one either. That one. Man, I've been skipping out. I guess I've been skipping out on a lot of the Robert Zemeckis these days. What was the last Zemeckis you've seen? Castaway. Yeah, probably. And I, I, saw, I saw that way late. Oh, did you really came to yeah. late? That's a, that's a good movie. Um, uh, 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 what the the one he made while I was on break with Harrison Ford? What lies beneath? Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, sort of a haunted house murder mystery sort of thing. No. Man, that one's interesting. Yeah, that, that he made that. So he was making Castaway, right? They shot for a year. Uh, Tom Hanks all his fat scenes, and then they took like a, a ten a year long break or whatever, so, so, he, so he, he could lose all the weight. And uh, in that time, he shot a whole other movie uh, called "What What Lies Beneath" with Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer. Put that out, and then finished Castaway. Put that out. Uh, Flight. You saw Flight. Yeah. You were sitting right next to me. That was it. That was, well, that's it. That's the that, that brings us up to Semekis. And then his last movie was Witches, The Witches, which came out on HBO Max. Skipped that, and it has since been pulled. It's not even on there anymore. Okay, and, not that bad. And um, I guess they want you if you want to watch it, you got to rent it. No one's, no one's don't want to do that. Ain't no one doing that. And uh, and now this, and now this Pinocchio, which also went straight to streaming. This guy, this guy who made Contact, Contact, motherfucker. It's a movie. That's a good. That's a good movie. Been a minute since I've seen it. 
Yeah. Matthew McConaughey is like a preacher, uh, a progressive contact, preacher. Contact God is an alien? Yeah. The only, like we have to contact him through super high technology? Yes. But, and he's going to come to you as like your your dead dad to, uh-huh. to make you feel better uh-huh. on a beach? Uh-huh. James Woods is an asshole. An, an atheist finds faith. Finds faith. Yes. And and the faithful gain doubt. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Yin and yang. Yin, yin and yang. Yin, Gary yin. Busey blows something up. No, not, no, Gary Busey's son blows something Gary up. Gary Busey's kid boy, Jake. <laughs> Jake Busey <laughs> blows something up. Jake Busey. Jake Busey's awesome. Okay, we did see the woman king. Yes, we did. The the, the, the woe man king. I mean, I, I, I guess they don't have a word for... Queen for Queen, no, they don't. No, because no, because he just had wives. Like she'll be my wife. Yeah. No one said, oh, she'll be the Queen. So like, no, that's just a bitch. He's fucking. <laughs> that's just John Boyega's well, favorite lady. That's just one of many bitches. He's one fucking. of many. He's got a dozen. He walks down he's the hall. A, it's called a harem, Chris. A harem. They must have their own their own word for it. Uh, their own uh, the the homie word because it's about the kingdom of the homie. Yeah. Uh, 18th century, something like that. Right, something like yeah. that. I mean, yeah, because uh, slavery is still fully legal. When when did the Brits outlaw I mean, slavery? Mid mid eighteen hundreds, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. When when that slave trade started drying uh-huh. up for Africa for Africans? Well, I mean, it started drying up for them because they sold too many of their own people. Well, that Out. and then and then when the slave trade becomes outlawed, then there ain't no one to show up anymore buying that shit. And like, oh fuck, we didn't. We didn't develop our palm oil industry <laughs> like like the homies did. You know, we just kept selling slaves, and now we have nothing. Now we're fucked. Uh, I mean, yeah, you reap what you sow. I guess that kind of sucks. But anyway, so it, it is about very explicitly the about uh, that, yeah, about the slave trade and African tribes fighting each other and selling their captors to the, to the whites on the beaches because in they, this case the Portuguese stuff because since they're fighting each other they're like hey I can get some I can trade these dudes for guns and other weird shit that yeah. I don't have Probably these weird ass things like horses these things are yeah. fucking crazy that's pretty fun yeah. that they got horses uh-huh. uh, so it's about that explicitly also <laughs> yeah but it's also about it's the, the I guess the A story is about this girl who uh, at the age of nineteen, right? Nineteen. Well, I mean, it's kind of a dual story. Cause it's definitely about Viola Davis. Like we're following her. Well, the she's majority of it. The woman king. We, we, you know, we, spoiler we, alert. We even get you know, like flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a fully. I don't want to give a fully, away a twist. She's a fully f- fleshed out, rounded mm-hmm. out character with a character arc and everything. You know. Yeah, I guess she is the lead. But it's a one well, A, yeah. It's, it's a Coley. It's, it's a one A, one B. Yeah, because yeah. they're telling two stories that are kind of running parallel with each other for good reason. And and then yeah, they, they, it all ties together well. Um, so is Viola Davis as a what was her name? I don't have a cast list in front of me. She is like the head of the Ago GA, mm-hmm. the Ago GA. She's the head of them, and they're just like the uh, like the Navy SEALs of the Homie Army. Yeah. Because they already got like Except an army. they're all ladies. Yeah, they're all ladies. Yeah, they already got an army, but it's like all these crazy ladies. Yeah. Like we won't have no men in our lives I mean, and no family. I, I we guess, just be we just be killing machines. Yeah, they're they're the they're the king's guard. Yeah, so, pretty much right. You know. I guess sorry, you know they get their special little sect, their own uh, you know the marines of the group. The the uh-huh. the uh, they get their fun the, the green berets or whatever. Yeah, yeah so the, yeah they get their own. Uh, their own like whole system of everything. They get their own weapons, clothing. People can't look at them. Technically, you're supposed to look away. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. You gotta put your looking at them. They'll kill me if I look at them. 
Um, so it's about that. And then also like a little bit of the politics of the king and, you know, who has the king's ear and yeah. stuff like that. They had like a couple scenes about them, but I feel like that it sort of feels Game of Thronesy. I mean, it does feel Game of Thronesy, right? but, yeah. but I think it's more to put forth the, the point that you made where mm. they don't have quote unquote queens. There's yeah. the, the bitch the king's fucking, and then there's. Yeah, because they're not married at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, what's going on? Who's uh-huh. the king? The king's so, in so charge. I, I think it's more just to prove the power structure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Just to reinforce that Boyega's character is one who's really supposed to be calling the shots. And then even if he gets, like, subverted sometimes, he has to find a way to save face. He'd be like, well, no, this is actually yeah. a good thing. I mm-hmm. I wanted this to happen the whole time. He's good in this. Oh, he is. Boyega. He's also got a good, like, a nice, deep, like, voice. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm noticing in this yeah. movie for the uh-huh. first time. I may, maybe he's putting it on a little bit, doing a bit of a kingly radio voice. I, I love his kingly robes. Oh no, the fashion Strict pimping, bro. When when they <laughs> like at the end when when they give the girl the oh, dude, she has like the dress yeah. like they give her the the western clothes yeah. and she's like what the fuck and then you look at the fabric it's like Bleh. and then compared to like the dyed clothing that they have and the dresses and things like oh shit they're <clears throat> they're they're clothing so much better yeah. <laughs> it's so much cooler it's so much cooler colorful better awesome those deep purples uh, it's the indigo it's that indigo. Was it indigo? Like certain dyes were just harder to produce, so made them more expensive. Well, I mean, back in the day, certain dyes were only produced a certain way in a certain place because that's where whatever it was they were using for the dye came from. Yeah, exactly. Because so, they couldn't just artificially make you know, indigo or purple. They mm-hmm. had to like get a specific plant and then crush it, dry it, crush it. And or the, and I mean, it could have like been a plant, could have been a shell, could yeah, whatever, been, and whatever the fuck it was, whatever's in their area. That gets them the thing that they can do what they want to do. Uh, No, the the design of this movie is cool. It looks like, you know, they built out a tiny little, like a couple streets. It's supposed to be a city, but they built like two streets. Yeah. (laughs) Leading up to the palace. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they built out the courtyards and stuff. And, you know, that all looks pretty cool. You know, when they're walking around at night and people are just hanging out. And uh, and, uh, what was her name? Lashana Lynch is drinking uh, some whiskey. Mm -hmm. That was fun. I thought that was cute. Only good thing that comes from the white man. Yeah, you should say that. It's only good that comes from the white man, but it is poison. You poison your body for showing up anyway. Uh, I mean, they brought that to the to the natives in North America, and that, that took them down. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's because the natives in North America they were never like an alcohol producing society nah. for whatever reason. They so just she came and fucked it. them up. Yeah, man. you know, like if you would have done brought that to fucking the Egyptians, they'd have been like, what? Yeah, it is pretty good. Try, try mead or whatever. <laughs> like we motherfuckers, we, we, we've been drinking beer since five thousand yeah. BC. Come yeah, on, we, we, we are. Come, welcome to the party. We are all fucked up. Let me tell you about the time we saw ocean split in half because we were so fucked up. Man. Yeah, that shit was crazy. There were like frogs raining. We didn't know what was going on. You know, Some, we, someone spiked our opium, man. and we and we got to drink the beer because the water's not safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally drank water and hallucinated for four days. It was wild. Almost died. Um. Woman King, uh, then it's also a story of this girl who, uh, she she's a old typical, you know, I don't want to be just sold off to some old, rich, abusive man who's going to put me to work. Mm-hmm. How dare she have a thought process like that? How dare, <laughs> how, how dare a woman think for herself? Exactly. So she's filling that role, and the dad's like, well, then I'm just going to give you up to the king, where uh, she gets an opportunity to join the, the, the Agua GA. And... 
I think my favorite part of the movie is how like the tracking herd that's sent through, you know, the training, the training camp, the the the, the tests, the contests, and everything. I love the contest scene. Yeah. The uh, and then everything afterwards where they go on missions and stuff. It feels like a uh, it's like Top Gun. It feels like a war mm-hmm. movie. Like well, a, it is. Like yeah, propaganda war movie where yeah. the strong survive it, and it, are worthy of being in this it, elite group. But but instead of a warrior dude, it's a warrior lady. It's a bunch of warrior ladies. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, so am I. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was fun. I think it, it, the movie's a little long. It's two hours and fifteen minutes. It, it is definitely, but it's because it's telling two stories that are running yeah. parallel, and then the third story. Yeah, so. and then the third story, the <laughs> macro story of the slave trade yeah. and the the the, uh, the the rival, the Oyo Empire, uh-huh. Oyo, yeah. and, how, and like, how all that ties in, and the blah blah blah. Yeah, and, and, and it all does tie in. Oh well, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. That, nothing, that, it doesn't feel extraneous. That bitch hadn't thrown those nuts around. Dude, <laughs> those nuts. <laughs> She's like, finally, your nuts were right. <laughs> your nuts were finally right. That's so funny. Those goddamn nuts. The uh, you know what? One thing I did think that held the film back. Well, we could talk about two things. We talked about this going into the movie. Oh, they're all going to be like talking in English. Yeah. And they're obviously doing the thing where they're, even though we're hearing them talking English, they're, just, they're, they're doing the African accent English. Yeah, they're doing African accent English. They're doing Jimon Honsu English. Yeah. And then we, the audience, are just supposed to understand that they're speaking in Dahomey. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and, and then other people will speak in straight Portuguese. Yes. And, and we will get subtitles. Yes. But and I that, get, yeah. Maybe it's a case of maybe for whatever I don't know. Do they just not have access to the Dahomey language? Is that something that was lost to slavery? That's what I want to know. That's possible. That's very possible. Um, yeah. Do they not have access to language where they can then have your actors do that? Because I think if they did, were able to go that extra step, have them speak in Dahomey, especially later in the movie when the king's talking to the Portuguese slave trader, uh, and he's like, "When you're, you, you will speak to me in my language." Yeah, <laughs> but then he says it in English. I'm like it no. doesn't have the same. Punch when he doesn't when oh. you know. But then this movie has subtitles, and the, the few people who did see this movie, it's even fewer are going to see it. That's very true. That's very very true. Um, I do like that. Then you know the Portuguese and all them they are subtitled because all right. So they're like the other rise group. But anyway, uh, look up the uh, can you look up the box office top ten? I do have an article here about how uh, it made a little bit more money than they were than they thought it would. Uh, it was tracking. Sony said that they thought it would have a $12 million opening weekend. And uh, and movie box office trackers thought it would be between 15 to 18. And it's looking like it's going to have a... It's got 19. 19. And even better for the movie and for its word of mouth, an A-plus cinema score. Top Gun still make... Top Gun made another $2 million. Another $2 million. <laughs> that is wild. It's just going to keep... So it's like seven sixty now probably... Uh, 709. 709. What, no, what's the next 750? Boy, man, it's just gonna keep chipping away. That's wild. Uh, but 19 million dollar box, uh, box office opening weekend is pretty good for the woman king, gotta say. Definitely beats expectations. And uh, it says here that it was based on a story by uh, the screenplay writer Dana Stevens and Maria Bello. And I want to know, is that like actress Maria Bello like from A History of Violence Maria Bello because that would be that would be wild you never know (laughs) you do never know you do never know and then it's a script by Dana Stevens I mean that's kind of I don't know there's a there's a a film critic Dana Stevens but I don't think she does any sort of uh, 
any sort of uh, movie writing screenplay work. But then even, unless you're wrong, unless unless wrong, man, <laughs> I know I'm never wrong, but still, I mean you're you're wrong a lot. Let me see. So there's uh, I'll do screenwriter. Let's see what comes up here. Um, another thing I thought that held back this movie a little bit was its PG-13 rating. I mean, the R rating would have been cool, but yeah. once again, you're also now cutting out another section of yeah. the audience that would have, that, you know, went to go see this movie. That would have would have uh, balked at the uh, the gore, the what, what those swords and machetes really do to oh, flesh. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but if you're gonna go that route, then that means you got to show what you know the, the Portuguese actually did to the slaves. Yeah. This like this movie could have been a lot harder, you know, and it could have could have way been, hard. Nobody wants to see that, Chris. That. Exactly. No, one, <laughs> no one wants to see that. Dana Stevens, American screenwriter, uh, different from the uh, the film critic, married to Michael Apted. Oh, and divorced, and I think he's dead. All right, good for her. Um, yeah, nineteen million was a good good opening weekend, and yeah, if it was in the homie language subtitled R rated, that would have been like a ten million dollar. It would have been a streaming movie or something. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. 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 Her last movie was, I think, The Old Guard. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's doing lady action. I'm. I'm. I'm down. Yeah. 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 I think her first movie was Love and Basketball. I don't remember any lady mercenaries in that no, movie. Were there lady either. marks in Love and Basketball? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, but me. like, but if, if that's the route we're going, like I said, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and if you're telling me there are lady marks in Love and Basketball, then I'll watch it. I thought it was just a Tate, Tate Jones. What was his name? <laughs> the um, Lorenz State. I thought it was just a Loren, Loren State vehicle. Remember Loren State? No. You remember Loren State? <laughs> uh, wasn't he in Dead I, Presidents? I mean, I might. Remember, remember Dead Presidents? That I did, yeah. It's a wild one. They go, they go to Vietnam. Guy gets his dick blown off and and put in his mouth. I think I don't know. It's a fucking, it's a fucking crazy movie. Um, yeah, last movie was The Old Guard, but uh, and I think she's working on The Old Guard too. So I, I'm okay with both those things. Yeah, yeah. The Old Guard was fine. Definitely could have been better. The Ago Ga was that, is that what I was saying? Something like that. I think so. Respect. I don't want them the, the sentence to come for me. Cut my head off. Definitely uh, Dora Milaje like uh, um. Influ- influence right for Black Panther mm-hmm. the, their lady guard oh yeah definitely 100% 100% that's pretty cool that's fun we're, we're having a good time <laughs> yeah, yeah this is the real version of that shit it is a real version uh man so Top Gun made 2 million making 3 million dollars that Pearl movie came out this weekend mm-hmm. made 3 million dollars and uh you see any of the marketing for See How They Run that Sam Rockwell Cesar Ronan uh, who done it I think I saw a trailer out of nowhere and was like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. I think I did show the trailer in front of Barbarian last week. Um, that that also made $3 million. David O'Yellow's in that. So, uh, Woman King, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'd recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it. It's Check it out. Definitely, definitely good. Definitely it's fun. It's worth a watch. It's it's something different. There were, when, in the theater we saw, there were like a decent amount of people in there, I yeah. guess. Uh, there, there's a whole row of people that were obviously all together. All together. A whole row of them. Uh, and then right behind us, there was someone. It's not like a guy was was <laughs> crying at one scene. <laughs> like that doing it. that thing. He felt it hard. And then towards the end, when, you know, a particularly bad oh. character gets us come up. People and started clapping. People were like, yeah. yeah. Clapping for uh-huh. uh, Viola Davis. And every, like every time I hear people clapping in the theater, I'm like, they can't hear you. <laughs> this isn't Venice. They're not here. <laughs> Olivia Wilde is not here to hear you clapping. Uh, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Good. Woman again. Good. Woman. King. Good. Not a queen. Not a queen.
But in the meantime, we're here to talk about David Bowie, Drew Sikakman. Yes, we are. You like David Bowie? I mean, I appreciate him for who he is and what he is. I'm not... I mean, obviously, like, the radio hits I'm fully aware of. Sure. Because they've been on the radio since they were recorded. And then we got the Bowie covers by Sue George and the Life Aquatic. That's uh, a lot yeah, of fun, uh-huh. right? So we heard that a bunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I understand the cultural significance. Am I, like, super into Bowie? No, not really. I don't think I'm super into Bowie. I like... I. I I'm appreciative in the fact that he exists. Oh my god, he existed. Rest in peace. Well, no, exactly, but he he he's out there. He yeah. did his thing. This thing. He fucking his stuff is out there. His shit, shit is super weird and also influential, which you know is yeah. is great. Very and influential. The the best Tesla ever put to film. Hell yeah, best Nikola Tesla ever. Take that, Kevin Spacey. I don't, I don't think he played Tesla. Um, I I have Ziggy's Stardust on vinyl, right? I listened to that a bunch, especially in college. And um, Fame, because that was his pop album. I mean, that's dance. That all that shit was on there. Fame, that's all good songs. And uh, uh, and then I had the album that had Heroes on it. Okay. But I don't even really listen to Heroes. Okay. And then I got the my One of the first CDs I bought was actually Space Oddity because of that song. Because I like the song. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it, I was like, this is weird. But I because I listened to it a bunch, I got... Uh, the, the the song that finishes this Moon Age Daydream documentary is from that Space Oddity album, which is interesting that he closes this documentary not with something from Black Star, which is his last album, but something from, well, I, I don't know if Space Oddity is first? See, I'm not that well-versed. I know, like, yeah. the broad strokes of Bowie. Um, so that being said, do you think this is a documentary for Bowie fans only, or will this? Do you think this could entice someone to like want to check out some of his stuff? I mean, this this movie was more of like a psychedelic fever dream, yeah, than <laughs> that, that, like, that, 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 that than actual like documentary. documentary. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I mean, there, sure, it, it it did go about it in like a linear time frame time wise like it started at the beginning of his career and ended at the end of his career so there was like a straight line through time yeah but other than that like this movie was a fucking clusterfuck of ideas and messages (laughs) and music and video footage like it was and from the way that you heard Bowie describe himself it Mm. felt very much like you know like a piece of his brain Yes. Set to film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How would a brain work if you put it on, on camera? How would his brain work? Yeah, it is linear. It's like here's 70s Ziggy. Here's what he does. You know, after that, he still doesn't have eyebrows, though he's still weird. Then here is him doing trying to go pop. And then like time jump, he gets love. And then like he's an old man, right? Yeah. Um, the uh, And then it also felt sort of like a, uh, what's it called? Travelogue. Okay, yeah, a right? little bit. Because well, at first he's in Britain. Well, well, here's the thing. I uh, obviously me not knowing shit about David Bowie mm-hmm. and like wh- how he actually like lived his life. Sure. Um, like I, it seemed like from when he started until like his mid forties, he was just kind of transient. He just was on yeah. tour for fucking thirty years. Apparently, <laughs> apparently. Uh, but I, I guess according to the documentary, there were times when he did settle down certain cities for whatever reason. So. Uh, he's in LA for a while. He's like, I hate the city, and so he moves there. Yeah. Uh, then he like needs to reinvent, so he goes to West West Berlin. That was interesting. And then he's like, What happened after that? New York. He was in New York for a while. Uh, I guess that was Japan. Like, yeah, and then Japan. It kind of closes with Japan, right before it does the jump to Iman 
and him looking back and be like, every day is precious. <laughs> take take from every day what you I, can. I, I'm an old man now. My sensibilities have changed. Yeah, and especially who knows? They may have been like after he had been diagnosed with cancer. He's like, oh my god, life is <laughs> life is so precious. <laughs> you know, because he's dying. Yeah. Um, so th- there is like a structure to Ish. it, but it is also a, a two hour, two hour plus montage, right? Set to Bowie. It's a fucking fever dream. Yeah. Fever dream. According to the, the, the wiki over here, that's got a track listing of the songs used. It's over 40, 45 different tracks. I'm sure. I mean, there's definitely stuff that I didn't. No, most, or never heard of. A lot of the stuff is know, deep cuts. O- only knowing that you know his, like I said, yeah. his broad strokes. Yeah, do not expect to hear any of the hits in this. You may no. hear glimpses of them. You no. may hear a little bit of space no, you know, oddity. I mean, there's there there's a performance I, I, of uh, I, I Let's guess, Dance. I don't know. Yeah, there's right? a decent amount of at least the hits that I know. Maybe I know a little bit more. Yeah, maybe you do. Who uh, needs Daydream? Obviously, everyone yeah. knows that. Uh, Rock and Roll Suicide, which was used in the. Life Aquatic, mm-hmm. right? Maybe that could be a reason why. But it's a lot of... Uh, according to this also, they all say like, in parentheses, Moon Age Daydream mix. So the, the, the sound mix in yeah. this movie it's is weird. wild, right? Yeah, there's like helicopters flying back and well, forth and machine gun like, fire just going off. <laughs> like, uh, there, at a certain point in time, like he's talking over all of these, or should I say he's talking and all of these sound effects are put over his voice because yeah. it made it really hard to... Uh, Sure. Like, listen to and understand. Kind of wish there was fucking subtitles. Yeah, would have been nice because he, you know, he's uh, is in the mix. It's a little softer in there. Could be the theater. We saw it at the NZN theater. I mean, you know, just not every theater is not mixed the same way. You know, they're all not mixed in the same specifications yeah. as in the room where the the sound engineers are working. And they're like, oh yeah, this is perfect. Every all every theater in the world sounds like this. No, it doesn't sound like that. Um. Apparently, also, I, no, I did notice that at the top it said uh, HBO documentaries. Yeah. yeah. So look for this on HBO Max next year, it says here, next spring. Uh, this guy, Brett Morgan, he's made a few documentaries. Uh, have you seen the Cobain one, Montage of Heck? No. That's pretty similar. Okay. Similar style. Uh, it starts with a title card that says, Play This Loud, which is very funny. And uh, and it's just like, yeah, how can I represent Cobain and Nirvana in montage form mm-hmm. and then this one it's very much like using bowie's own uh interviews and i don't know whatever uh audio diaries he's of doing sorts. yeah and then all all of these apparently all this uh what did he call him he was like my video but he, he had a very Maybe specific made short films yeah he made short films he had a specific way of saying it though it's like my video uh, like installations he said something but he was making home movies yeah. <laughs> pretty much and uh, according to this, a lot of that was unreleased. So this is okay. like the first time we're seeing all of that that stuff of him just like being weird. <laughs> him being weird, just making his own shit. Making his own weird shit with like cool lighting and stuff like that. Uh, and this guy, Brent Morgan, just like did a hell of a job editing this thing together. I think it's a, a, a pretty amazing feat of like... I mean, yeah. Of... of, of uh, Mood and establishing mood, atmosphere, using all this pre-existing stuff, release, not released, and and uh, making a real montage to, to paint a picture of a man. I love the uh, the speaking of painting, the painting montage. Yeah, the, that was interesting. Yeah, he's like, oh, I can't release any of them. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then he, well, then here's twenty of them in a yeah, row. Yeah, no, people. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very funny. Apparently, it's also the first film to be officially authorized by Bowie's estate. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Cool. Full, full. I guess that's how you get the footage. Well, I mean, a lot. I mean, the access yeah. to the work. No, exactly. Yeah, which is interesting. 
Um, and uh, man, I would have liked to have seen this on IMAX. I mean, nice. that would have been weird. It would have been. It would have been loud. Is what it would have been. I, th- I think I would have enjoyed it more if I'd been more into Bowie. Oh, for sure. That's what I'm saying. That up from up top. Do you need to be a Bowie fan? You know, I don't the, think you need to be a Bowie fan. But, but the you, more you are, the more you like it. Yeah, you just, you just, you have to realize the subject matter that you're about to watch. Yeah. Like, this is about David Bowie. It's going to be very David Bowie. Yeah. If you are not into David Bowie, like, even in the slightest, then you're not going to be into this movie. Yeah, you even mean, in the slightest. I don't think you'll be into it. If, if you're not into Bowie, you're not going to like the movie. If you're indifferent or don't know anything about him, then it's like, well, maybe give it a watch. It might entice right. you. You might be like, oh, this guy is a fucking wacko. This is interesting. Um, but obviously, yeah, the I mean, more the I more mean, you like him, the more you, you buy into what he was selling. He's definitely one of the more interesting people that have ever been produced. <laughs> yeah, so. no, he's... <laughs> like, if you're, if you're just into weird people, fucking watch this shit. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> he, he lived his life fully and like out loud and it was interesting to see and it's interesting to watch it together and like all the transformations and you can almost track it via like haircuts and you can track them via haircuts and the size of his eyebrows or whether they're even there or not you start out with no eyebrows and they get a little thin and they get a little thicker the um and then it kind of jumps to the end of him the older the last last looks of Bowie it's like whoa look at that now because we spent two hours with him as a young man for the yeah. most part even at 35 or whatever he's still when he's 35 he's like I'm so old now you know looking <laughs> back on my 20s and all well, that well I mean as a rock star you are old at 35 that's true what do they say he put out 17 albums yeah, by the time he's 33 exactly that's that's, that's insane that's too much that's too much <laughs> and, he, and, and at that point in time like he hadn't even been in Labyrinth <laughs> right like he's still like he'd always been popular but he had never like Ziggy was popular but that pop shit in the 80s like yeah fucking like he hit another level man. yeah he also I mean, was in they, movies no exactly and fucking even they show it in the in the thing the fucking Pepsi commercial with goddamn what's her face so it's Tina Turner yeah they like sh- that that like in the section Bo- where they're asking about selling out you know exactly David Bowie should never have like he was too weird to do that. <laughs> right. It's incongruous yeah. to see the the alien the enigmatic Bowie, yeah, yeah, selling Pepsi, just like openly selling cola to yeah. children. Hey, man, with Tina Turner. The nineties were a different time. Eighties, that was eighties. Yeah, very different time. Very Reagan esque uh, commercial. You know all the things that John Carpenter was yelling about in They Live. They're watching the, David Bowie selling Pepsi on their TVs and yeah. that they can't <laughs> and They Live is what they're doing. That's for sure. The uh, and it's interesting using those commercials. The I'm pretty sure and the shots of him in like a bedroom where it's like super blue. We're gonna find out in a few weeks. I bet you those are shots from Tony Scott's uh, The Hunger, where he's a vampire. Okay. I was like, this is striking imagery. This must be this must be Tony Scott. It's so blue. It's so blue. Uh, we'll find out soon. Um, and then even using stuff that he wasn't in. There's like you know uh, stuff from other movies. There's like Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, well, uh, flashes I mean, I mean, in there. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, everything that inspired Bowie at the time. Everything that inspired Bowie and then everything that Bowie inspired, it's like all yeah. mashed up in there uh, in a real in a real crazy, wild, interesting way. Uh, I like it. I like it quite a bit. I thought it was very, very good. Um, and then all the, you know, if you're really listening to what Bowie's saying, because it's all his interviews and his perspectives throughout life, uh, you know, he's, the whole point of it is that he's so... Uh, at arm's distance, right, from people, mm-hmm. with his constantly changing persona and all that shit. Um, 
Everyone's like, what is this man? What is he? He's a, he's a bisexual man. What is this? Do you think is he a man? Is he a woman? Is he a robot? Is yeah. he an alien? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is going on here with this man? The, um, but listening to him just talk about life and, you know, the, the doubts and the fear and art and expression. It's like, oh, yeah, no, he's just... He's yeah. a person. He's a person. He's just like, he's this guy is like, a quite intelligent person, too, quite, on, on a personal journey. Very, very personal, very, yeah, very intelligent on a journey. And he's uh, openly presenting something on stage. He keeps saying it over and over. It's like, no, this is not me out there. This is a, oh, this is a character. These are characters <laughs> that I keep doing. It's like, oh, yeah, but what about you, though? Are you bisexual? Yeah, no, is this really a thing? You know, we're, we're not talking about that. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm just thinking started. Like, yeah, but, but I'm not I'm not trying to. I'm but not you like penises to, and vaginas is what you're saying. I'm not I'm trying so, to think about me right now. I'm yeah. trying to deflect and create an entirely different personality. Yes. Maybe a little bit schizophrenic, but what the fuck ever. What the fuck ever. Don't worry about it. Just stop asking me about real stuff about my real life. Yeah, but where do you get your shoes from? Are those bisexual shoes? Are they men or women's shoes? They're fucking shoes, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's what he said. He said they're, they're shoe shoes. You, you fucking idiot. Uh, he handled that stuff so well, uh, Bowie. So effortlessly, seemingly effortlessly charming. Um... But him being such a, so alien as a persona, this movie finds a way, I think, if you're really listening to him, to really make it, uh, oh yeah, of course he's just a guy. Of course he's yeah. just a dude. Look at these shots of him in Berlin in just like a flannel shirt smoking a cigarette. Well, I mean, he's I He's just think, a guy. I mean, from even his own words, because you know, like everything was just old interviews, this, that, yeah. the other, it seems like maybe that was his way of dealing with the mental illness in his family. Oh, sure. Instead of... Someone asked him about it, that. Yeah, instead sure. of repressing it all and then becoming schizophrenic, he just created a bunch of different personalities and, and managed made to it, put it all, put it out there, put it all out there, and made a bunch of money doing it. If you can say it, you can slay it, <laughs> right? Is that a saying? Yeah. I think something like that. I mean, he if he, you can put words to it, he harnessed the monster as opposed to trying to repress it. He used whatever was roiling around in his brain. He used it, um, and he is dead. When did he die? How long ago was that? It's been five, a while. Five years ago. Six years ago, 2016, did he die pre-Trump? He's like, I, I can see it coming. I, <laughs> I must leave. <laughs> this is all terrible. <clears throat> January 2016. January 10. Wow, born January 8th, dead January 10th. Fellow Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Oh, died at the age of 69. Nice. Sweet. Sweet. He knew what he was doing. I must make it. I to, just got to make it. I got to make it to match number, man. I, I, have to, I have to make it to one more birthday, Iman. You know, you know why. Wink. <laughs> winky, winky. <laughs> A PFT Media Production.